1: Her name is Shelly Loving. Now, Shelley's husband had a heart attack in 2014. And then three years later, she had a yearning to learn more about a healthy and holistic lifestyle. So, in 2017, she attended the Institute for Integrative Nutrition and received her certification as an integrative nutrition health coach. Now, that set her on a path, wanting more food education. So... In 2019, she attended the Academy for Culinary Nutrition, where she became a certified culinary nutrition expert. Her love for learning kept growing, and in the summer of 2021, she earned her certification as a certified professional cook from the Ruby Online Culinary School. Shelly, welcome to Phoenix and Flame.
0: Thank you so much for having me. I am honored to be here.
1: I am really excited about the conversation we're going to have, and I noticed that some of the, the bio information that you shared about yourself was that you embrace the flexibility and the ability to show yourself grace and unconditional love, and that that is a pillar for your teaching, that you want to show yourself patience, open-mindedness, and grace, when I was reading information about you, particularly considering what my podcast is about and what I do for a living, I was really drawn to that and that role in terms of what you do and how the, the unconditional love and the grace and that kind of thing comes into play. Could you kind of share us with us a little bit more about where you're coming from from that
0: angle? Absolutely. I, I truly believe. Um, so what I the reason that I do what I do, which is teach people how to just cook healthier meals is because you know my husband almost died. So when I started going through our journey, I was really learning how emotionally connected we all are to food. You know, It's the one thing every human on this planet has in common. We all have to eat, but we don't just eat to stay alive. Most of us, especially in America, we eat for pleasure. We eat with our emotions. We eat when we're happy, we eat when we're sad. Uh, we eat with our hormones, we eat with our stress. And so as I was going through this journey, I realized through my own relationship with food, although I was trying to heal my husband, I learned my relationship with food and how adhering to a strict meal plan or a strict diet or counting calories and carbs, none of that worked for me personally because I was tied to food emotionally, not scientifically. So what I did with our approach was I went to school because I wanted to learn the science part and learn what we should and shouldn't be eating. But I wanted to connect it on an emotional level so that we still wanted to eat the food and could still enjoy our food, all while getting healthier. So it, it worked. So, as my husband, ironically, was starting to feel better and his blood work was coming back better and his EKGs were clearing up, I, something that I realized because I was eating when I was feeding him, I was also healing. And I didn't know I was sick. That's when the light bulb moments went off, mm. and I said, okay there's something to this. And there's a, there's a big gap and the not enough people are talking about this. And I want to help more people see this without the restrictions, like I have been able to see it. That's when I decided to create a business and go down this path and this passion of just really trying to help people in a positive way, learn ways to get healthier through the foods that they eat without a bunch of restrictions and diets and counting and shame and guilt and all of those things. I wanted to push those out of the way and break the barriers and and make it fun, yet simple and quick, because I know how busy people are. But in order to eat healthier, you've got to set a little bit of time aside, make some meals, and they can be delicious. So I'm here to prove all of that.
1: (laughs) Wow. So you seem to have hit on a lot of the spots, you know, something that's quick. I mean, you seem very reality-based in addressing these things, that and people don't like a lot of the sacrificial Things where they have to give up the deprivation, they don't like that feeling, but they're very busy. So what do you do? And also on the the emotional connection. I don't know. I mean, myself, I have experienced this, and I've talked out to I don't know how many people. When you're having a really awful day, I'm just going to say from personal experience, I probably could eat my way down through a mountain of donuts. Amen. And so it's just that's what that's what you want to do. It's what comes to mind. It's like it's, you think that's going to make it you feel all better. So help us understand from your perspective and everything that you've learned how can people shift that emotion and, and that emotional desire for something that is so sugar filled or so carb filled and that kind of thing.
0: So I feel like there's a cup there's a kind of a two part answer to that. I feel like number 1 uh, it, it is okay to indulge every now and then. I never teach I never teach restriction. I never teach never have x food, you know, never eat a donut again. I just feel like that again is going to set us set us up for shameful eating or guilt-ridden eating. So let's say you have a bad day and you go and indulge in a donut and then you feel guilty. I don't I was I don't want that feeling for me or anyone that follows me or becomes my client or pays for my services. I want them to eat that donut and enjoy it. But my job is to teach them the other side of it and when you're not eating those donuts, what you should be eating and what you should be making. So I like to tell people about the 80-20 rule. I like to tell people 80% of the time, let's go for those really great, healthy, nutrient-rich foods and recipes, the foods that are gonna serve us well, so that when we have the 20%, which is either an emotionally bad day, a party with your girlfriends, a vacation, whenever you have those, save those for your 20%. So there is, it is okay to have those things every now and then, but our society and our American standard American diet has skewed so far from real whole food that we don't even know what it is anymore. So I'm trying to reintroduce that and get back to the basics of that, all while indulging every now and then on those foods that we do love.
1: That sounds wonderful. The 80-20 rule. So I'm listening to what you're saying and imagining what my listeners might be thinking or wondering. And one of the first things is going to be about convenience, because like you said earlier, we are all so, so busy. I mean, much more busy than we probably need to be, but we're going Mach 2 with our hair on fire. And so... What are some ideas that you have that would help someone, give them some, some comfort and security in knowing that they have a plan? Sure. I, because, and this is about anxiety as well, because I've talked to quite a few people where if they have a plan for something, if they understand how something works and they have a plan for it, then the anxiety comes down. They're not just so anxiety ridden. And so I'm wondering, what would, a, what would a plan be for someone who has several children, that they're running around different places, doing different things, but yet they're trying to follow this 80-20 thing? What are some of your suggestions? What could their plan be?
0: So to start from ground zero, my first statement to that question would be, where on your priority list, if you were to get out a piece of paper and write down your top 10 priorities, where does your food intake land on that priority list. So you have work, kids, schedule, church, you have all the things, getting your nails done, getting your hair done, driving through Starbucks, meeting this soccer team after practice, um, the husband's business meeting, business dinners, vacations, you have all these priorities, right? But how often do you actually take the time to put your health in regards to what you eat towards the top of that priority list? That is where it should be because without our health, we don't have the other priorities in line. If we don't put our bodies as a temple and feed it real whole foods, how are those other things gonna fall into place? How are you gonna have a successful career? How are you gonna be the best mom you can be? How are you going to uh, you know, do all the things that are important to you if your health is not there? And I'm a true believer that our health starts in the kitchen. It doesn't start at the doctor's office. It begins with what we feed our bodies every day. So in Mm -hmm. answer to your question, how do I I help not be overwhelmed and save time and all of that? First of all, let's get the priorities a little back in order. And then I teach a lot about meal planning and meal prepping because I don't think healthy eating just happens. I think it does take a little bit of planning and prepping and in my planning and prepping classes and, and videos and things like that, I talk about that. Every day, every week, set aside 15 minutes decide what meals you are going to cook. Is it going to be one? That's great. If it's going to be three nights, that's wonderful. Set your calendar aside and mark your calendar on the meals that you're going to cook and prepare at home. Then when you go to the grocery store, you spend less time because you know what you're getting. You know what meals you're buying. You're not wasting food. You're not wasting money. You're not grabbing and going. So if you get, my answer's kind of long, but it's kind of a trickle effect. You know, it's first of all, where is it on your priority list? Second of all, have you Set out 15 to 20 minutes to plan your weekly meals and then have you put it on your calendar when you're going to go to the grocery store. It should never be a last minute thought. We should never stop by the grocery store. That's where our health starts. So put it on your calendar, make it a priority just like you do your nail appointment, your hair appointment, your doctor appointment. So that's a long answer, but that's kind of my philosophy. Oh,
1: I love it. And and I'm going to kind of respond back to that because the first thing is I want to say I love the way that you're emphasizing prioritizing health because obviously, you know, I'm in mental health, so it's important for people to prioritize that and physical health, and it's all connected together. It's like so we're prioritizing ourselves. And you said if you're – what I say to my patients sometimes is you, you can't help other people if your wheels are falling off. Yep. And it's your responsibility to keep your wheels attached so mm-hmm. that – You can help other people around you. Absolutely. And what you're saying, that's what I'm hearing you say. That's one of the ways of doing that. Now, I did want to say again about um, the prepping. It kind of reminded me of um, every week on Sundays, I go into my closet and I pick out outfits for the entire week and I iron them all. Or whatever one, some things don't have to be ironed, but whatever has to be ironed. And because, you know what, come Monday morning, Tuesday morning, Wednesday morning, I am tired. I do not want to have to be thinking about what am I going to wear today. Ain't nobody got time for that. I don't have the mental energy for that. So I do take like 20 or 30 minutes on Sunday and plan out all of what I'm going to wear all week long. And that's kind of what I hear you saying about food. Take a few extra minutes one day a week and just think about what you're going to eat food-wise for the rest of the week.
0: And you know, and have ideas. I'm not saying on Monday I'm going to eat chicken and broccoli on Tuesday. I'm not saying be that regimented because that doesn't work for everybody. But what can work is have an idea. You know what? Let's have lasagna this week. I only have two nights on my calendar that I'm at home. I'm going to make a dairy-free lasagna and I'm going to feed my family well. I don't know what night yet. It may be Tuesday. It may be Thursday. If it's Tuesday, I can double the recipe and we can have leftovers for lunch on Thursday and Friday. So it's like, it's that kind of thinking. It's just just a little bit of planning and knowing what ingredients to use can make a huge difference on your physical health, which then in turn will help you mentally as well.
1: Yes, and uh, you mentioned the trips to the grocery store. I think, you know, people are so pressed for time, but what I'm hearing you say is if they take a few minutes to just kind of think about what the week is gonna hold, they can get everything on a list, take one trip, get everything they need and they'll have everything they need for the week. They won't have to take their time that they don't have and go back and back and back to the store and use energy that they don't have because they will have already made their list and purchased their items.
0: And time. Think about how much time you waste when you just run by the grocery store to get just one meal and then you have to go back and then you're buying, you know, all the stuff for kids lunches and you get, you just get overwhelmed when you can just take 15 minutes sit down and say, what meals am I going to make this week? And what can I buy at the grocery store? You save so much money this way too. So mm-hmm. much money, but it's also about what are we eating, right? It's not just about getting a meal on the table, which is what I specialize in is talking about using the right ingredients to have an anti-inflammatory diet and lifestyle. I did seven radio interviews this morning all over the country. And what we talked about was, was brain health. So I love that I'm speaking to you today. It's funny how that happens. But we, I talked a lot about brain health today and how, what are we feeding our brains? People are not talking enough about how food is so directly affected, um, affecting our brain health. And um, I don't think it's talked about enough and people are starving their brains. They are literally starving their brains because they're not, they're feeding it overly processed food and your brain can't work with that. Your brain doesn't know what that is. Your brain doesn't know what a wheat thin is. You know, you're, it's not going to work that way. So. I love to bring awareness around mental health and how it can be rela- directly related with what you eat and feed your children.
1: That is a wonderful thing. Basically, what I'm hearing you say is is prepare like to be preventive instead of reactive.
0: Mm-hmm. Yes, we want to stay out of the doctor's offices. We want to stay off prescription drugs. We want to stay, get not have to do all the tests and the upper GI things and the MRIs. And we want to we want to stay healthy and vibrant so we can spend our time doing the things on our priority list, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. And it starts in the kitchen.
1: That's it. That's it. That's just the the correlation between that and therapy is is really um amazing because for example somebody that would come to therapy and i'm called the queen of boundaries and so if they come in and they learn how to do healthy boundaries then they're going to prevent so much awful relational issues later on that they're having to spend time and energy to deal with because they spent some time in the front end and figured out how to do it right and then they don't have to deal with it on the back end so that's kind of what i'm hearing you say
0: it's same thing with food. Absolutely. Yes. 100, 100%. I've learned that now that my husband and I are, we've, we're healthier than we've ever been because this is our lifestyle now. So I can say it on the, on the other side of feeling amazing is that now we're on the front end of it. Now um, it took us years. It's not an overnight fix. You don't get unhealthy overnight and you don't get, you know, you don't heal overnight. So I think that being on the other side, I have a completely different view. And now it's that hindsight view, just like you, where I can really show people and help people and encourage people to roll up their sleeves and just make some of your meals you know what you're eating
1: yeah and for those of you who are listening and wondering the sounds in the background because shelly amazingly she thought she was going to be you know like at her house but she was flexible she is out going she's outside she was still willing to do this podcast interview and, and share with us her, her wisdom and her experience, even though she's outside. So you hear birds singing in the background. <laughs> so we get to hear that lovely. I love bird songs. So we get to hear that. At the, I apologize the for being
0: outside. No, no.
1: I think that's awesome because that's that's you're demonstrating being flexible and just kind of rolling because life rarely happens exactly the way we think it's going to, does it?
0: That is the truth. That you is know, the truth for sure. <laughs> so instead
1: of canceling, you said, "Well, I'll just kind of roll with it, and I'll walk outside, and we can we can do this interview outside." So that's awesome. Gonna, I appreciate we're that. Make
0: this work. Thank you for
1: being flexible. <laughs> you know, I was wondering what your ideas would be in terms of a couple or three, maybe baby steps for people that you've talked to that get kind of overwhelmed, and they think everything you're saying is amazing, and they agree with it all. But they see where they currently are and they see where they want to be. And it seems like so far and so much that they get overwhelmed and then just kind of sitting a, in a puddle. So what do you feel like might be just a couple or three baby steps if you could pick out those things for someone that they where they could start?
0: Sure. So I think the biggest step is... This is so basic, but a lot of people don't do it. And then when they do it, it's like aha moments and it it starts to have a trickle effect. And that is when you go to the grocery store, a lot, 10 extra minutes. And every time you put something in your basket, I want you to read the ingredient list before you put it in the basket. So, for example, you're buying a jar of marinara sauce. Flip it over. Do not look at the nutrition facts. I know that's very unorthodox, but don't look at the calories, carbs, all that. doesn't matter right now look at the ingredient list. Read it. Know what's in the food. If the first ingredient is sugar, if the second ingredient is refined cooking oils, those are all inflammatory foods that are not going to serve you well. If it's chemicals and you don't even know what it is, definitely put it back on the shelf. So just knowing what we're eating, it doesn't have to be complicated. I don't need you to know what monoglutamate is. That's not what's important. What's important is if you can't pronounce it and you don't know what it is, your body's not gonna recognize it either. So I always tell people, if you're starting from zero, just get in the habit of reading a food label, but don't look at the nutrition facts. We need calories, we need carbs. Calories and carbs are not created equal. The carb in an avocado is very different than a carb in an Oreo. So why are we counting them? Why, why are we so fixed on that when we should be knowing what's in that Oreo? Did you know there's three forms of sugar in an Oreo? Did you know that sugar is a preservative, so it gives it a very much big, huge, long shelf life? Like a lot of people don't know that. So that would be my first thing, read the ingredients. The second thing would be, instead of focusing on a diet or you know counting things or getting on the scale or knowing you need to lose weight or lack of energy and all that, what I, what I really focus on is are the foods you're eating causing inflammation or are they reducing it? Because foods do one of two things. They either add to your chronic inflammation inside your body, which is where disease starts, or they're helping your body by reducing the chronic inflammation. So that's the basis of my teaching. Instead of focusing on diets and scales and losing weight and um, taking prescription drugs for your ailments, why don't you assess how much you are feeding your body chronic inflammation? Because I could go on a whole path with that but chronic inflammation is the root of most sickness so you have your body gets chronically inflamed inside you can't see it for a long period of time and it starts breaking down what happens is your cells get weak after fighting and fighting and fighting the inflammation and they can't fight it anymore so that's when you get susceptible to viruses illness chronic conditions disease cancer all of these things manifest from an overabundance of chronic inflammation. So all of my teachings are around, let's focus on getting that influence, the starting point of getting that inflammation down in our body so that it can stay strong and healthy. So that would probably be my second thing is learning what foods cause inflammation and what foods reduce inflammation, which if people want to follow me once this is over, that's all I talk about. So you can learn very quickly from me, those foods. We don't have time for that today because that's, a <laughs> that's a couple of months, but, uh, Yeah, that's probably the two things, and then show yourself grace. You know, Don't be hard on yourself. If you go to your girlfriend's on Thursday night and have a whole charcuterie board and a bottle of wine, it's okay, because tomorrow you're gonna eat greens and you're gonna drink a lot of water and you're gonna get some good protein and you're gonna start over without showing yourself any shame. So those would be my three things, top three things probably. Read your food label, know what's in your food, concentrate on what foods cause and reduce inflammation, and then show yourself grace when you mess up.
1: I love that. Thank you. That that really is very, very, very helpful. And, nice. and listeners, I'm going to be giving you um, information of how to be able to get more of Shelly uh, and also put it in the show notes. So in case you're wondering, you'll be able to have that. Now, Shelly, we said in the beginning, I shared a couple of questions with you that I was really curious what your response would be. And I want to share that with the listeners now. One of them is... What role do you see emotions playing in the ability to eat healthy?
0: Yeah, I feel like it's a mindset shift. So emotions are everything when you're trying to eat healthy or unhealthy. Emotions are going to play a part no matter what. Um, That's how we were designed. But I'd like to tell people if you could just try to shift your thinking from Oh my gosh, this tastes so good. Oh my gosh, I'm craving pizza. Oh my lordy, I can't wait to have that cake. Oh, let's have three pieces. Shift your mind to, as you're eating something, how is this serving me? Is it serving my taste buds for 10 minutes, which is fine, or is it going to serve my body and it's gonna fill my body and fuel my body and protect my body from getting sick, breaking down? How is it treating my brain? Is it going to feed my brain positively or negatively? So those are the things I think that's how emotions, um, I would say to shift your mindset a little bit on, on before you eat a meal, think about the meal and how it's going to serve you.
1: Okay. Got that. And then the next question is, what are your thoughts on self-harm and self-sabotage and eating practices?
0: Yeah, so that kind of is reiterating what we talked about earlier. Um, I don't believe in self-sabotaging when it comes to food. Like, what good is that doing us that's just setting us up for a bad relationship with food? Our relationship with food is the longest relationship we will have with anything while we are on this earth. From birth to death, we have a relationship with food. So it needs to be your best friend. Y'all need to walk side by side together. You need to fall in love with each other. You need to nurture each other and i don't believe that self self sabotaging that relationship is going to serve you well at all so love it nurture it so it can love and nurture you back
1: i i really enjoy that and i i think sometimes because i ask every patient that i see regardless of why they walk through the doorway i ask about their nutrition i tell them i want to know what they're putting in their body i want to know what's going in i want to know what's not going in because we are a whole person and also psychologically I've seen people that really haven't learned to love themselves. They haven't learned to care about themselves. And so they will use food as a means of harming themselves. They will purposefully, you know, eat things that are not good for them or, or not drink water not eat proteins and that kind of thing. Um, because they're almost trying to self abuse using food.
0: And, and on the flip side of that, I would love for pe- more people to start loving their body and loving themselves through food in a positive way instead of a negative one.
1: Yeah, I think just being able to start somewhere, and I think what you said earlier about grace and just being able to view yourself—you um, said your, you know, the pillars of your your teaching, the unconditional love and the open-mindedness—that is that's got to be where it starts. Just feeling like, okay, wherever you are and listeners, I mean, looking at yourself in the mirror, looking at your body, whatever it is that you look like, accept it, love it. It belongs to you. And don't try to be any other kind of way. Just be who you are, accept that. And then you can move forward.
0: 100%. And you know, as you start getting, if you go down this journey with me, something you're going to find is your body will morph and change in the most beautiful beautiful way unexpectedly so if you do have some extra pounds and you and you go on this healthy journey you will lose some extra pounds not on not to lose weight or to look different but you will feel better and when you look at yourself in the mirror and you start eating better your body's going to receive that so well so that's also self-love you know when you start see physically seeing your body healing um, and improving health-wise from the inside out, it manifests in the mirror as well.
1: Awesome. Now, Shelly, I know you've got to go. You've got some other places you have to be, so I want to make sure, do the do my audience, do they go to shellycanhelp.com slash recipe makeover?
0: No, they're going to go to, uh, well, if they, I have a, I don't have that class anymore, but I do have an offering coming up if um, this if people hear this before the end of March, um, I have a an event that's free and it's three days, all virtual, and it's pre-recorded, and it's all about chronic inflammation. So if people want to learn more about that, they can go to ShellyCanhelp.com forward slash March to sign up. And if it's after March and you're hearing this, just follow me on social at Shelly Can Help everywhere and my website as well. Join my newsletter. That would be the like the greatest way to keep in touch with me. I send an email once a week just dropping in hit tips and tricks and recipes and encouragement to keep you going and keep you accountable. Right. I feel like um, we're in this together and being in a community and joining my newsletter, will kind of me, little tapping on your shoulder with love saying, Hey, don't forget.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Cause everyone needs that. They need somebody yeah. to say, Hey, it's okay. Keep going. It's all right. That's just that, those words That's of me. encouragement. That's Shelly. Shelly Loving, thank you so, so much for joining Phoenix and Flame. Listeners, I know you've heard stuff today that has been amazing. Share it with your family and friends. Share it with your coworkers. Put it on your favorite social media sites. Copy and paste it on your texts and your emails. And go visit Shelly Loving on on her websites. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day. This is Dana on Phoenix and Flame.